Hello, everybody. Welcome to Heads Up Hockey Podcast, and this podcast is sponsored by Vig It Technologies. They are a wonderful app that lets you do friendly sports wagers on your favorite teams or your opponents. It's very simple and explanatory. I even use it myself. And with the NHL playoffs right now, things are coming down to the wire. And don't forget to use the promo code HUH2021 when you sign up on the app. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Heads Up Hockey Podcast. This is your host, Jersey Joe, and we have plenty to talk about today. A lot of things have changed now, so the Islanders and Bruins obviously went into overtime the other night where the Bruins tied up the game to 3-3, three to three, and it looked like the Bruins were going to win it, but however, Casey Sezekis or as my friend calls him, Zeker, scored in the overtime to make it a tied series at one-to-one piece. But, you know, rumors-wise, um, if there's someone the Devils could really pluck away from an eliminated team in the playoffs, it's from another series now that we can actually focus a little bit more on. Uh, I don't mean more on, as in like an insult to someone, but I actually would rather use this time productively because the Toronto Maple Leafs have been eliminated. Caffeine levels are high. Anywho, anywho, the Leafs choked worse than anyone could ever do in a Game 7. That was just unbearable for me to see them play like that. I thought they should have had a little bit more fight, but their body language just was very, very easy to tell that they were mesmerized from the start against Carey Price. Jack Campbell tried to keep them in the game as much as they could, but the way the Canadians were playing the new version of the one-two-one trap, now a little bit different format they used, you know, because the NHL rules, because when the Dells were a successful team, things got changed a little bit with the no back-to-back pass, yada, yada. You know the spiel by this time. But anyways, back to this, this Leafs choke series. You know, Craig Button said on – his little interview after he thought, you know, the Leafs would have beat the Canadians within four games or even before seven games. So he was completely off. I respect him because he's a really good draft guy and he's a good sport. Um, There's something that the Maple Leafs don't have that the Devils have. They have a first rounder, a third and a fourth and a seventh. And right now the Maple Leafs, have $2,205,833 of $9,450,000 remaining on LTIR and no performance bonuses remaining. So if you look at that, you know, the Leafs 
under Kyle Dubas are going into a bit of a crunch time right now. So you got guys like Austin Matthews, John Tavares, the health of Tavares. I hope he's feeling better. Uh, sim- I, I simply am sorry for what happened to him on the ice. That was sad to see the other game. Uh, so obviously you have Matthews at $11.6,250,000 U.S. You have Tavares at $11 million, And you have Mitchell Marner over $10.903 million. That's a lot of money, and that could be used for anything to reallocate towards other players, if you're listening, Mr. Dubas. Uh, I'm not a Maple Leafs fan, but I'm just telling you from a fan standpoint, there needs to be a reallocation of resources and money. And William Nylander is a guy who I've been advocating for, and I would have loved to have Mitch Marner when he was on his draft day because I knew he was a magician. And the Devils were a few spots away from getting that kid. But he was never going to fall when the Maple Leafs got up there. But that's just me being honest. And former New Jersey Devil draft pick Alexander Kerfoot, uh, who left after being a free agent in college, uh, decided to go the other route and went to Colorado and then obviously went to Toronto. And, you know, Kerfoot, making three and a half million dollars now you take that into consideration right now it's 21 22 you have literally the same amount of money from those top five high paid forwards the next couple seasons so 21 22 off season is going to be a huge crunch and then you have the seattle kraken coming in I know it's redundant that I bring up the Seattle Kraken, but this is kind of like the little excuse that, you know, Toronto can use to move a guy that they don't really want. And right now you have Riley Nash, you have Zach Hyman, who are all free agents, unrestricted that is. And you've got Ilya Mikhaev, who is under contract all the way till 22-23 offseason. So Wayne Simmons is a UFA. So are you going to keep him or are you going to want to lose that physical body that you use in the playoffs? And you got Nick Foligno, who could obviously go back to being in Columbus, but who knows with the new head coach that they use in Columbus. And Foligno could obviously stay in Toronto if he wanted to, but money does talk a lot in Toronto. And who knows? And you have Alexander Kalchenyuk, who is a free agent, and you have another couple of veterans in Jason Spezza and Joe Thornton who don't cost a whole lot, but they're taking up two spots from potential prospects that could be coming in or other younger more skilled free agents, nothing against the the two veterans. I mean, they could be held around, but, you know, some other teams might be taking a sniff at a couple of veterans. Wink, wink. Um, how do I explain this? I mean, you have the Maple Leafs have over 47 million 
$625,616 wrapped up into player contracts through the 21-22 season. So there's a lot of money tied up in forwards. And you look at guys on the defense, Jake Muzzin making $5,625,000, Morgan Riley at $5 million. Then you have TJ Brody at $5 million. Then you have Justin Hall at $2 million. And then you have Rasmus Sandin, the youngster on defense, who will be a restricted free agent in 22-23. So then you have Travis Dermott. And then you have Martin Marinson, who are all respective. One is a uh, UFA and Martin Marinson, who is a UFA, and you have Travis Dermott, who is a restricted free agent. So what does this mean? Um, When you come to cap friendly, I'm going to do this in a little bit, but you have over $18,519,167. This is per cap friendly, by the way. So I'm not making this up. It's actually on the site. And... You know, it seems that the Maple Leafs have finally moved on from Freddie Anderson or Frederick Anderson, the the Danish goaltender, could obviously be a target to New Jersey. You have another goaltender that the Devils could be interested, like my buddy Neil Villapiano and I both mentioned, uh, would be Marc-Andre Fleury from Vegas. And who knows, you know, Vegas might be willing to move on from him and the Devils could get someone to mentor uh, and share the workload with Mackenzie Blackwood while the Devils have uh, not brought back uh, Gilles Sen, who went back to HC Davos recently. And it seems with Akira Schmid and Nico Dawes in the Devils, AHL system that the Devils are going the younger route and developing those two goaltenders. The Devils want to make sure that they hit on those guys and they can get a veteran goaltender who will allow those kids to develop. So there's no rushing. And Cole Brady's another kid who will take a little bit of time who the Devils do want to develop coming right up. So who knows? And, you know, the Maple Leafs are seem to have found their guy in Jack Campbell and they got uh, David Riddick who is a cheaper option than Freddie Anderson but um, who knows what happens so I think the Maple Leafs obviously are going to try and expose one of their older veteran players versus like a younger player that has more term and ex- and some time to expect to play a little bit longer than Spezza or Thornton, but you still need a, a veteran presence in Toronto, but they need a little bit more of an edge to play against teams like uh, the Canadians, and the Canadians just had the better of them, and I can't really be negative Nancy on them, it's just that the Devils should really consider going after a Marner Nylander type player because, you know, with that extra first and you have a second round pick and maybe a prospect like Jesper Bolkvist would be a cheaper option for the uh, 
Toronto Maple Leafs looking at the Devils. You know, uh, this is the part where Tom Fitzgerald might be able to finagle uh, his way into uh, getting the Leafs to bleed a little bit more in return. And you know what? Uh, just recently, the Devils got Andreas Janssen last summer uh, from Toronto for Joey Anderson straight up from Kyle Dubas. And it seems like that it could be another Fitzgerald-type move where they can have a way of protecting Janssen and moving one guy or another without losing a guy in the draft, uh, expansion draft, that is. So, yeah, I expect that, you know, things in Toronto will start uh, moving, and who knows what happens. And so... We just got to be patient, and we will see more of the rumor mill start churning. We put the quarter in, and I mean that uh, figuratively. So going forward, everyone, I mean, the Devils have a lot of ideas that they could be working with, and there's a lot of uh, player interest that I think would be ideal and who knows how many of these ideal moves come along. And, you know, I could look at the Pittsburgh Penguins and, you know, I mean, they're, they're an older team. And you know what? They also don't have a first rounder. They don't have a third or fourth or a sixth rounder. So the Devils could use that to their advantage. Um, not saying that they should give them uh, the Islanders first, but you see where I'm going is that, um, you have in the 21-22 offseason right now, the Penguins have over $47,876,364 yet again. So just like a other playoff team, they have too much money tied up uh, into their first one, two, three, four, First four guys, Jason Zucker's over $5.5 million. Jake Gensel's getting $6 million. Sidney Crosby, rightfully so, has $8.7 million. Yevgeny Malkin has $9.5 million. And there's going to be a time right now where they go down the line and say, look, Brandon Tanev's got $3.5 million, so does Brian Rust. And you have Kasperi Kapanen actually is a restricted free agent along with Jared McCann. They're both uh, restricted free agents. Kapanen is worth $3.2 million. You have $2.94 million for Jared McCann. And you have Jeff Carter, a free uh, – he's going to be a free agent 22-23, but he's making $2,636,364. So – you have free agents like Colton Sevier, you have Frederick Goudreau, and then you have Evan Rodriguez, who are guys that could stay or they might let a few of them go, depending on what the Penguins want to do, depending on how they deal with Seattle. And, you know, the reason why I mentioned Seattle so much on this podcast is because it's the expansion draft, and they're the big roadblock in all of this. So 
it's like when you add a new team, they're trying to take on these contracts to get to the cap floor. And then other players that they're trying to not only protect, but, you know, keep a certain core of players. So you can go from there and be like, yeah, that's my team. And that's my core. And those are the unmovable guys we're, we're willing to protect. So minus the players who are exempt. So that's a little different story there. Uh, the Penguins uh, age average on uh, offense is 27.6. Uh, their defense is over 27 and a half years old. Uh, honestly, 21-22 season. They got $28,138,508 tied up to the 21-22 season already. So a big chunk of it goes from Chris Letang at $7.25 million. You have Michael Matheson at $4.875 million. You have Brian Dumoulin at $4.1 million. You have Marcus Pedersen at $4,025,175. Yuso Ricola, uh, one million one point five thousand dollars. You have John Marino, four point four million. You have uh, Pierre Olivier Joseph at eight hundred sixty three thousand three hundred thirty three dollars. He's a restricted free agent twenty two twenty three. Uh, Mark Friedman is a restricted free agent as well in that same year with Pierre Olivier Joseph. At $725,000. Yannick Weber is a unrestricted free agent. Along with Cody Cece. So there are players like that. That are going to be testing free agency. Um, Cody Cece probably not the guy. That the Devils should look into. But I think the Devils should look into. A guy like Brian Dumoulin. uh, If they want a little bit of help. On the left defense. But. If they're looking at a right shot, I don't think that Cody Cece's your guy. I think the Devils should look elsewhere because Pittsburgh doesn't really have it. But if we look at the goaltending side, Tristan Jari and Casey DeSmith uh, make up the bulk of the $6.975 million, $833,000 because, you know, it could have easily been DeSmith or – uh, Flurry like a long time ago, and they brought up Jari. And Jari is someone who could easily be moved if he doesn't want to stay with the Penguins, but he's still under contract, so the Devils would have to pay uh, via trade. And Casey DeSmith, I mean, is on the veteran side of age, so he's a young a young. 30 going on an older 29 year old player. So um, do I think that the devils could take on Casey DeSmith? I got to check his stats to see if he's really worth it. But yeah, I mean, 20 games played 2.54 goals, a lot average. He had a really good defense, but um, I got to double check to see if he's really worth anything other than Tristan Jari at three and a half million. So hold on a sec. Um, 
Jari's total salary is above the cap hit, so it seems like he's peaked value-wise. I guess if you keep him under uh, $4 million, he'll be well worth his weight. And we want to make sure that... Hold on a sec. Jari, when he made his first full season, he played in 26 games in 2017-18, goals allowed average with a uh, 9.08 uh, save percentage. That's actually above average. And he underperformed in 2018-2019 only in two games, and then he went down back to scranton wilkes Bear, tore it up there in 47 games. Um, 2.66 goal out average with a 0.915 came back up in 2019 in 33 games. He had 2.43 goals allowed average. And, uh, that's a 0.921 save percentage he had. And in the playoffs, he had a 1.02, uh, goals allowed average with a 0.952 save percentage in 1920 and in 2021. Um, he had 39 games played, 2.75 goals allowed average, and a .909 uh, save percentage, and played in six playoff games, and he gave up on average of 3.18 uh, goals allowed average, and had a .888 uh, save percentage. So he underperformed in those playoffs, and I can see that is more of a systemic problem with the way it's going. And I think the way that the Penguins defense is starting to slow down and they're not able to uh, improve the past couple seasons in the playoffs is just, it's really weighed out a lot of uh, conundrums on them. And I think that, you know, eventually the the GM and being Ron Hextall, he might want to go with players who are a bit more physical. You know, he usually drafts players from the WHL, like Nolan Patrick, who are big physical bodies, can score a little bit, but get pretty chippy. I see him making the Penguins being a bit more physical. And I find that Pittsburgh is going to be needing – the Seattle expansion draft to expose a guy, to lose a guy, to reallocate a contract. But I can see this being a big offseason uh, for the Penguins. I see a, uh, a rebalancing where the Penguins are starting to become more of a rebuild team over time, like in the next – season or three where it's eventually going to hit them. Like we look at the capitals, like matter of fact, let me do the Washington capitals too. I mean, there are a ton of players that I think that the devils should take a look at considering what is going on. But I know the Toronto Maple Leafs are a big prime time target for the devils to make trades and it's a certainly a very interesting situation. 
So the way uh, it's laid out is that the general manager of the Capitals, Brian McClellan, has head coach Peter Laviolette um, with a team that's just under the cap. And their final cap hit is $85.485,316,000 uh, coming right up. So, honestly, uh, they have over $550,000 in performance bonuses and $225,000 of the $4,043,566 remaining. And the Capitals do not have a first-round pick. They traded away. Matter of fact, they tra- they traded it not long ago. And that was in the Anthony Mantha trade. So they, they got Anthony Mantha. They traded Ponick and Verana uh, in that deal to the Detroit Red Wings. And the Red Wings got the 24th overall pick and the 22nd, uh, the 2022 second rounder from Washington as well. So the Red Wings are looking pretty for the next draft as well. But back to uh, the Capitals. I can see, well, Alexander Ovechkin re-signing He's still going to make a good amount of money, maybe around that $9.538 million range. But if he takes a, a hometown discount, I can see that. But he might ask for a little bit more. But there is a problem with the 21-22 offseason is that the Capitals have $44,341,666 all tied up. And it doesn't include Ovechkin's contract in 21-22. It's Nicholas Backstrom at 9.2 million, Evgeny Kuznetsov at 7.8 million, TJ Oshie at 5.75 million dollars, Anthony Mantha at 5.7 million. You have 5.166 million 666,000 dollars. You have 3,500,000. Uh, for Lars Eller, you have uh, Carl Hagelin at $2.75 million. Garnet Hathaway at one and a half. Nick Dowd at 750000 You have Connor Sheary at $1.5 million. And you have Daniel Sprong over $725,000. So uh, the Penguins are pretty much, not the Penguins, the Capitals are very much tied in the knot for their forward core. And I can see with a lot of them have a minimal of two to two to four years on average. So I can see the the Devils looking into trying to pluck a guy, you know, in a trade. And the guys that are pretty much non-touchables are Nicholas Backstrom with a no movement clause. Um, Evgeny Kuznetsov has a modified no-trade clause. TJ Oshie has a modified no-trade clause. And Tom Wilson has a modified no-trade clause. So when we talk about the defense, I mean, the capital has been part of that success. 
end of the 21-22 offseason, they have $24,450,000 tied up. And, you know, one of their best, if not the best, defensemen on their team is John Carlson, who's a mass-born boy who's grown up in New Jersey and played for uh, the New Jersey uh, youth hockey and is a product of the Devils youth hockey system. So John Carlson has over $8 million. You have Dmitry Orlov, one of the best offensive defensemen with $5.1 million. You have Justin Schultz with $4 million. You have Brendan Dillon, who used to be a San Jose Shark, making $3.9 million. You have Nick Jensen uh, at $2.5 million. And New Jersey's own Trevor Van Riemsdyk with $950,000. He's already tied up through the 22-23 season. So he's a boy, he's a young boy from uh, Middletown, New Jersey. He's a few years younger than me. I saw him uh, bring home the Stanley Cup when he was with the Chicago Blackhawks. And it was a great day to see him hoist the cup in uh, New Jersey, uh, which was with the Devils. But that would be a nice day to have him come back home. Uh, Zidane Chara and uh, Paul Ladue are UFAs, and there's a chance that Zidane Chara could retire and enjoy life uh, between the States and Slovakia. And who knows I mean, at age 44, I think of Chara as a very successful Slovak defenseman, if not one of the most prime-time defensemen in NHL history. I mean, when he was with Ottawa, he was scoring 23 to 43 points a season in a minimal of 71 games a season on average. And it, when he started playing for the Bruins in 06, 07, he was just staying productive with 43 points in 80 games. And being that big physical guy, he took up a lot of penalty minutes, but he became a force in the playoffs and eventually got that Stanley Cup. And I think a guy with 666 points and a, 1,608 games and a Stanley Cup to his name, he really should be in the Hockey Hall of Fame. And there's no doubt of it. And I can see him being, you know, in the Hall of Fame right away when he does have eligibility. But we talked about um, goaltending. The problem really isn't goaltending right now for the Capitals. They have Vitek Vanacek right now, and he's locked up as an RFA in 22-23. And Craig Anderson is 40 years old. He could, you know, retire one day or he could stay another season. And you just have Henrik Lundqvist. He's on LTIR. He's a UFA this upcoming offseason. Just really 
I think that it's Vanacek's net for the time being, unless they get someone else. But uh, really, if I were the Devils and I were to try to pluck a guy from the defense, I might want to look at Brendan Dillon. And I think he could be worth it. Uh, Other than that, I really want to see uh, Tom Fitzgerald try and work the phones as much as he can. The Devils have a lot of money and resources to do what they can do, some damage. And I think Fitzgerald will uh, be making a lot of uh, requests to see who they can bring in and whatnot. And thank you to our sponsor, Vigit Technologies, for uh, sponsoring this podcast and uh, be sure to use the promo code HUH2021. And the draft lottery is coming right up. And soon I'll be doing a episode for you folks and doing my takes and what I think could happen. Maybe will happen here in Jersey. Thank you, everybody. And have a great day.